Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Sandra Bellamy. She is an asexual entrepreneur, a fully certified advisor, author, speaker, a trainer, a coach, and a chat show vlog host of Asexualize, My Asexual Life. Welcome, Sandra. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. I'm really excited <laughs> for this interview. I'm really excited. Excellent. Well, I'm very happy to have you here. So thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to jumping in and sharing all about your journey and the beautiful light you put out into the world through all the work you do. So with that being said, let's get started. So Sandra, that's a hell of a lot of hats you wear and quite an extensive resume. How on earth do you find the time to time for all of this? And how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? So I've actually got a diploma in administration mm. personal assistance course I did. <laughs> I stayed on an extra year to right. do that. So I learned how to be really well organized. And we did like event management planning, business travel mm -hmm. planning, all that type of thing, which really helped for the rest of my career. And I prioritize in terms of importance and urgency. So if there's right. a deadline, so if I've applied to a podcast, it might be that person needs X amount of stuff in on time, I've got to do that like first, or if there's yeah. a engagement, then I've got to prioritize doing that. It depends how far the speaking engagement is out. If I've got other prioritizing things that need prioritizing first and more important yeah. I'll do them but some good tips for your audience is I say no to other people's agendas mm -hmm. which is very important a lot of people have problems saying no to other people yes for sure I don't so I'll get people in my inbox going blah blah blah, blah. I'm doing this webinar it's really great you can earn like ten thousand pounds a month I'm like thanks but no thanks I have to say no to a lot of people it's sometimes hard if you've got people in the entrepreneur space that are like your friends and they send you a link to join their group I get multiple of them and it's like I'm in so many groups and I run six of my own Facebook groups that I don't have time to be in all of them some I'll just yeah and others I'll say no. Um, mm -hmm. I also keep a very small circle of friends because you haven't got an infinite amount of energy. You've only got a certain amount of energy. You haven't got like to infinity and beyond energy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to literally choose where you spend your energy. And I prefer to have a few close friends that are really good and trustworthy. And then the rest of my friends are sort of more acquaintances that I meet through my communities and online friends in my actual asexual online space. So they're right. like my online friends rather than close friends. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Some people, they want to have a bunch and loads of friends. I'm like, that's okay. But you can't give your time and attention to those people, focus time and attention, if you're spreading yourself too thin. Very so true. 
it's better to have a few close friends that you can rely on and trust, especially as you get bigger and bigger in your entrepreneurial journey, because you've got to work out who's your friend and who's really not. Yes. Then, you know, you've got to do that. And you've got to, I schedule everything as well. It's a very important point. I schedule when I see my friends, when I call my friends, when I meet up with my friends, when I self-date, and then the rest of the time I'm usually doing business stuff. So I tend to have my business and my personal life is intertwined. My brand is me. So I share my own asexual life journey on my channel in order to help others. So I like filming my daily life as well, including the foods I eat because asexuals love food. So mm-hmm. I find that's really popular even though I hate cooking. And because I live my life very authentically and merge business with my actual personality and brand and everything, it becomes easier then to do what I do because I'm like living and breathing my purpose and my business within myself every day. Now, I'm very curious with you wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? I laughed when I found out that you were going to ask me this question <laughs> because I don't actually have a mort- morning routine such because I don't okay. do mornings. So I work right. very quirkily and different to other people. So I tend to go to sleep at 4am or later. Mm-hmm and wake up at midday or later depending if i've got obviously a podcast interview i have to set my alarm if i've got right. meeting, i have to set my alarm if i'm seeing my friends usually i see my friends starting in the morning so i have to yeah. get up early then but in general i'm a night owl and i'm kind of on american time which is great because most of my audience is in america and i'm most productive at night i'm most creative at night I'm not very good in the mornings. My attention is down. So I think it's always best to work to your own strengths and to maximize them. And when I get up a lot of the time now, I just go straight into work mode or whatever I've got planned for the day. Years ago, I used to plan like things, goals and everything. I find that takes so much energy. By the Mm -hmm. time you've done all your like extensive routine, you haven't got enough energy to do your actual work that you need to do and get on. Sandra, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do? Okay, so I'm very highly motivated, self-motivated person anyway. I My personality is I get bored very easily. So that's <laughs> great because it means I like to be doing stuff all the time and I feel functional and I love being productive. I guess I gave up TV years ago when I started my entrepreneurial journey and I replaced like butts and cleavage. <laughs> and so- <laughs> for which I wasn't really interested in anyway for self-development and personal development so I gave up TV I don't actually have a TV license anymore watch tv in my place I'm very selective about the films I watch at the cinema or on Disney Mm -hmm. Plus or something like that so inspiration wise I also have a mission which is to get asexually recognized as a sexual orientation in its own right throughout the globe so no asexual has to live in fear of ridicule ever again and that mission literally drives everything I do in my business and particularly as well as obviously my private life goes into my business I don't really separate the two and so yeah everything's driven it's is this going to help asexuals is this going to get asexually better known am I a living example of how to ace your life. Ace is a slang term for asexual. And so I like to inspire people by showing them what's possible and over covering daily challenges in my vlogs so that they can do the same. It's all about empowering asexuals comfortable and confident in themselves by showing them that i can live my authentic asexual life out in the open to the world and i do it on a daily basis i do cry on my channel i'm very authentic so i have a date with a guy and it's like he wants sex i don't and even though he said he didn't originally and it's well we can't see each other anymore and it's very heartbreaking but then i will share that and then a couple of days later i'll share how i got over that so that i can inspire my audience to do the same 
and to know that the whole world doesn't collapse just because one guy decides that you know he wants something that you don't yeah leading by example i think that's beautiful and powerful so sandra i would love to know what you were doing for a living before you made the jump into your entrepreneurial journey okay yeah so for years my background has been in retail management so it okay. started off in retail and then went to the management particularly of furniture so as manager mm-hmm. of a bed company for a number of years, a manager of fit of furniture, concession for a number of years. But actually my entrepreneurial journey started in 2012 after I was made redundant, which is the same year I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain condition that affects the nerves and muscles of the body. That's a disability. So mm-hmm. that 2012 was a complete change in my life. So first of all, I got the fibromyalgia, which took me yeah. six months to come to terms with the fact I got a disability for life. But it was a blessing for me, which most people will not say about fibromyalgia. Right. I'm the only one that says this <laughs> because it stopped me having depression because I realized after six months that emotional pain drives physical pain. And if I kept talking negatively to myself, as I had done for years, because I used to be a suicidal depressed mess for years. And I thought that if I keep talking like that to myself, this was like something that just came over me. Like I'd been yeah. talking to myself negatively for years, really badly. And all of a sudden it just hit me like a ton of bricks. If you keep talking, negatively to yourself Sandra you're gonna end up on crutches or in a wheelchair like so many other people with a condition and that was a threat to my freedom that I just couldn't bear I'm just like yeah. you cannot do that so I just stopped talking negatively to myself which was wow. in- yeah incredibly powerful that's the only thing that shifted me after being a child that was depressed for years and literally suicidal I tried once to take my own life when I was 15, but it was really difficult with those periods of time in my life. And then in 2012, I overcome depression, but I still didn't love myself. And so 2012, I was actually out of work then because I had to leave a job in 2011. It didn't suit me. That's when I started getting fibro symptoms really badly, but I wasn't diagnosed with it then. I yeah. started having spasms in my arms, even from carrying a tray of teas, from carrying a tiny TV because I used to work in, at that point in my life, I worked in retail, but I I'd gone from a management job to work in an electrical store that paid me more money, even though it wasn't yeah. management, because it was commission-based as well as a salary. And I was very good at selling. So I used to get spasms in my arms and the ibuprofen used to take 40 minutes for it to work. And obviously that's not a way for me to no. be in the business. So I thought this just really isn't working. So I left, which was difficult to do. And then in 2012, I did lots of courses. So I did my information advice and guidance diploma, which is supposed to be in a year that you do that but mm. the building they did it in was closing down so we got told we got six months to do it then brad listen to this we got told i'm sorry it's not six months it's three months you have to complete our whole diploma in three months and wow. i did it with barely any sleep and i had to supervise people i had to do actual real people <laughs> in a real life situation i had to go and teach them how to do resumes well cbs they called in the uk usually yeah and cover letters for their job and it was child minding and in childcare. I ha I don't want children myself and I don't have experience of that, but I knew how to do CVs and cover letters because I also used to help people who are redundant to get back into work through my Re- Beat Redundancy Blues brand, which is what I was doing before I help asexuals. I've actually got a local business award for that as well. So that's what I was doing beforehand. Okay. And then but in two thousand twelve when I hit the entrepreneurial journey was when I'd been made redundant and I just started a new job in October 2012. But I went to see a success resource event in London and I also got my Petals teacher trainer qualification as well that year. I did a lot that year. I did that no other- kidding. 2012 <laughs> was a busy year. 
Yeah. And so Tony Robbins was there at the Success Resource event. And oh mm-hmm. my God, he did actually change my life, but probably different to how most people would think. So one of the ways he got me to change my life was I was very touch averse, averse, however you pronounce mm-hmm. it. I couldn't yeah. be touched by a stranger, basically. A tap on the shoulder would freak me out. It's like, yeah. How dare you do that type thing? Like, and also even with family, I would only hug them at like special occasions, give it was birthday to thank them for my presence and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also to say goodbye. But I wasn't like a really huggy person because my family wasn't like that. And yeah, that's you weren't raised that way. And so I went to Tony's event and he's, oh, we need to go get up now and go around the room hugging strangers. And I'm like, oh my Lord, I've never done this before. This is so out of my comfort zone, but I did do it. And so I remember, I'll always remember there was this guy that was huge. He was like really tall, big in body mass. And he had a bald head, but he had this one piece of flyaway hair over it. And I opened my arms really wide and I put my arms around him and hugged him. And I thought, oh my God, if I can hug this guy, I can hug anyone so that was a really moving time for me it didn't happen overnight i had to train myself over the next years to get used to hugging Mm -hmm. more and more people which i can do naturally now with strangers which i couldn't do before so i've come such a long way thank you and also tony robbins as well yes he got us to change our state through movement and music and i had an awakening to be the younger teenager self that I was always born to be. And so in that moment, I decided to stop living by society's rules and start living by my own. No more would I do cooking, cleaning or housework for a guy because that hurt me. It actually hurts my fibromyalgia body, like mm. doing housework. Yeah. And so I decided I would never do that again for a guy. So if any, even friends, like I either eat out or they bring their own food if they ever come in my place. It's like, I'm not cooking. So <laughs> yeah, I've cooked once for one of my friends. That's because it was Christmas and everywhere else was closed. He took me out for a nice meal and so that was it <laughs> and i've known him for like over five years so yeah so i i decided to be this teenager self i was always born to be and i decided to live my life like that and so over the years since then i've reprogrammed my mind to be like 21 years old using neuro-linguistic programming so mm. every year i have a 21st mindset birthday so i don't live by my birth certificate i'm not interested in that i live by my life and i live like a teenager so it's kind of a 21st mindset mindset like 21 years old yeah. mindset, 15 year olds in how i live like around my room which you can't really see here i've got cuddly toys sparkly mm. things boxes iron man alarm clock all this type of thing and also at that seminar something that really changed my life was the fact that not just tony but multiple other speakers that day showed me that i have lots of special qualities and experiences and knowledge that i've gained over the years that i can use to help other people and that's when i started loving myself because then i realized i had a purpose i had mean because before then i felt i was worthless useless no one wanted to talk to me no one wanted to listen to me really i wasn't worth being in life i didn't like my life obviously i stopped talking negatively to myself but i hadn't got the self-love so i still lack having any purpose or having any drive or having any like sense of why i'm specifically right here. i had discovered in 2009 that my life purpose was writing but I still didn't feel purposeful. I still mm-hmm. didn't think that my me personally, I didn't have an innate feeling that I was worth anything. And so that's when I started my self-love journey. I'm like, my God, you've got so many skills, like all the jobs that you've had, because I've worked in management and I've been obviously someone who's been recruited. So I thought yeah. you get all that experience. And it's amazing when someone shows you that you have got skills, you have got worth. Absolutely. That's powerful. That's a huge shift. Yeah. 
So entrepreneurship for me took me from self-loathing to self-loving. And so for me, entrepreneurship wow. is not about money. It's about mindset and mm. personal development, self-development. It's about the lifestyle, but not the freedom lifestyle. It's about the lifestyle and mindset of choosing to take risks, calculated risks, of getting out of your comfort zone, of changing your mindset, of doing things that you never, ever felt you'd be <laughs> able to do in your life before and to keep pushing yourself to say, I can do this. Because I've got an anxiety condition as well. I've got a generalized anxiety disorder. So I've had to do loads of things to Lots do Lots of work. That. Now, Sandra, asexuality, as you've mentioned a few times, is still a relatively lesser known identity. And I know that's part of your purpose and part of your mission. What does the term asexual mean for those who might not know? And how long have you identified as asexual? So I discovered I'm asexual in 2014. Okay. But it was an easy time for me because I went to see a counselor and mm -hmm. I told her that I was worried because I didn't want to be on my own. I was still interested in having a relationship with romance and kissing, but I didn't like mm. sex. And she was an NHS trained counsellor, professional mm. trained counsellor, but she said the worst thing she could have possibly said to me. Mm. So she said to me, you're going to have sex in order to keep a good guy. Wow. Which is complete bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what message is this sending out to the whole yeah. society in the world that you have to have sex to get love? And it's just diabolical. I was absolutely horrified. I'm like, I've come to you with a problem and I've heard the worst thing I could possibly yeah. hear. And so that's what forced me to go out of that session and Google, I love kissing, but not sex. And that's how I discovered I'm asexual. So everything does happen for a reason. I believe yeah, that. Very true. And yeah, and I found asexuality.org, which is the biggest online forum for asexuals. And wow, there's people like me that desire a romantic relationship without sex, although not every asexual is romantic. So for the people at home who are listening to this now and don't understand what asexuality is, asexuality is a sexual orientation that is based on a lack of sexual attraction. For me personally, I'm a romantic asexual. I'm heteroromantic, okay. so I'm attracted to guys, the opposite yeah. gender, romantically, but not sexually. So I don't get the need, urge, or want for partner sexual intercourse. I don't look at a guy and think, I want sex with you. But in right. my case, I like romance and kissing, and I'm a hyper-kisser and a hyper-romantic, which is very rare for most sexualities, let alone asexuality. And so I love kissing, but a lot of asexuals don't like much kissing. I'm a hyper-kisser. So but asexuals do not have sex. That is not No, no that's of... true. Some asexuals do have sex. Oh, okay. So you have okay. some asexuals like me that these mm -hmm. days, I've had sex in the past. So I'm asexual mm -hmm. that has had sex in the past. I was in heterosexual relationships for a lot of my life since six years old was my first heterosexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So 2011 was the last time I had sex in a serious okay. relationship. But some asexuals are sex neutral. Some are sex positive. There's okay. a spectrum of asexual identity. So asexuality is a okay. sexual orientation and a spectrum ranging from pure asexuals who don't experience any sexual attraction whatsoever to mm -hmm. the grey asexuals that experience sexual attraction, but only under limited, rare or specific circumstances, or they experience it, but not enough to want to act on it. So it's not the usual sexual attraction. They lack the usual okay. attraction. Does okay. that Thank make you sense? for yeah, thank you for clarifying that. So how do you advocate for awareness and education about sexuality, both within your business and beyond? Oh, yeah. So on my channel, Asexualized My Asexual Life is like where I mostly do the majority of my work. So on my asexual channel, it's grown now. So I do asexual education videos, okay. particularly on my chat show. So I do like live education, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm 
on a chat show, but I'm talking to my audience as in anyone can come and chat and speak to me and ask me any questions they want. So it's very much me with my actual asexual audience rather than me bringing okay. someone else in. Although I've got collaborations that I'm probably going to start to do this year more. Up until now, it's mostly been me and my audience. So I will pick okay. a topic like how to become more confident as an asexual. Right in this highly sexualized society we live in and then i will give key like ideas and concepts that i've used myself in my life to grow my confidence so i I do that and also in my personal life i will literally start when i go to meetup.com i go to some events and got they're not for asexuals they're for Mm -hmm. the general public i go to a social club sometimes in my city I will bring asexuality into conversation and say, I'm asexual, I'm a YouTuber, an author. They'll be like, what do you do? And I'll say, my speciality is asexuality. So I explain what that is. Sometimes I tell taxi drivers. Sometimes I tell people at the supermarket. (laughs) So literally wherever I go, a lot of the time, any opportunity I can talk about asexuality, I do and explain what it is. I run six asexual groups. So obviously I answer a lot of comments in there, but we talk about hobbies and interests a lot. And I share my content in there and share it all over twitter and instagram and everywhere Beautiful. so yeah i do some live streams <laughs> elsewhere but most yeah. of the time on my channel as an entrepreneur personal growth is often intertwined with professional success so how has your personal journey and understanding of your asexuality contributed to your growth as a business leader it's empowered me to be more confident and comfortable mm. in myself because i I've discovered a lot about my body. I've discovered a lot about what I like and don't like in relationships. I've discovered more about attachment styles, boundaries and assertiveness. So I do a lot of personal development work. I specialize on my channel and helping asexuals love life, confidence, dating relationships and self-care. So I use my own experience. Thank you. Yeah, speaking from experience, right? That's the best place to be coming from. And you're sharing those experiences with others so that you're helping to instill confidence in others that are asexual. Yeah, so they can see me. Living it. Yeah, exactly. Authentically. Authentically. Yeah. And then how I overcome the struggles and challenges that brings daily so that they can do the same. It's like inspiring them but with talking my talk and walking my walk. For sure. Being an asexual entrepreneur might present unique challenges. How have you navigated your sexuality in the business world? And what lessons have you learned along the way from that? I've learned that people can give you feedback, (laughs) but you don't have to take it on board. So (laughs) I lean into being more and more my authentic self, because I think these days in the business world, people need authenticity. They Mm -hmm. need you to be your true authentic self. You are actually your brand. If you are just selling a product or service like everyone else, you're a commodity. If you're actually being your authentic self, no one can actually sell you better than yourself. No one can be you, but yourself. So your Mm -hmm. unique selling point is yourself. The more of yourself you are, the more you're going to succeed. So I just build build on that. (laughs) I love that, Sandra. Thank you for sharing that. Living in a society that often emphasizes sexuality, as you mentioned, it's a very hypersexual world that we're living in now. How do you navigate and cope with societal expectations and pressures as an asexual individual okay so i don't care what people think about me which is really important (laughs) that's a great place to start yeah for sure yeah so i really don't care what people think about me i be my true think self in the entrepreneur world i give a voice to the voiceless so i try to get on as many podcasts as i possibly can Mm -hmm. i try to raise awareness through my books and through everything i do and i just believe that the more you 
are yourself, the better your life is. And I also purposely don't watch stuff on TV, like I mentioned. So I don't subject myself to sexualized stuff on TV. I'm careful what I read. So I mostly read nonfiction books, business uh-huh. books. So I'm not looking at sexualized stuff. We have a choice in life to yes, choose we do. Stuff or not. Uh, I also do no sex movie reviews on my channel. So a lot of the movies I watch specifically are Certificate 12 or PG or family films. And I have a whole playlist that people can go to because a lot of people are like, oh, every film's got sex in it. I'm like, well, no, it hasn't actually. I've got loads of movies. I think it's about 83 or something like that Mm -hmm. I've done already. And Mm -hmm. so I specifically look and seek out things that are not sexualized so that I can keep my mind out of that, that I can have my own world, if you like, that's sex-free, that's not all this sex everywhere of course when i'm going out to clubs because i like clubbing which is very yeah. unusual for an asexual then obviously i am exposed to boobs and stuff like that and cleavage and i'm like <laughs> oh no <laughs> i just have to focus on my own life do my own thing and not worry about what people think i've actually had people at my favorite club girls take their selfies with me in the toilet because they've seen that I just go out there, dance on my own, because a lot of the time I go coming on my own, live my life, be happy. I'm dancing with guys and girls in their early 20s because that's my mindset and that's what my soul is these days. And Mm -hmm. so I just don't care what people think. And people get inspired by that. They get motivated by that. They look at me and they're like, oh my God, I want to be like her, which is really (laughs) weird for me. Because I'm living that authentic life, people can see it and they're like, wow, I really stand out that way. Yeah. So for me, I just veer away from what I don't like, veer away from stuff that's not good for my mind or my thoughts or my feelings and go towards what I love and what makes me happy and desexualize my life as much as possible. Well, but it's do... important to do what makes you happy. Yes. I do Absolutely. talk about sex on my channel, though. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that. It's one thing that's made you shifted in me. So I used to be really scared to talk about sex, as in shy to talk about it. And I would only talk about it with a past ex-boyfriend. So when I started my channel... I'm like, oh my God, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and talk about sex because it's going to crop up because of asexual's attitudes and mindset and the way we're wired is different towards sex. And you need now, to talk Sorry, about- go ahead. I thought something that's really good to share with your audience mm-hmm. is the fact that I thought about this, talking about sex on my channel, and my mindset was like, you can either take your past sex life to the grave with you, which is no use to anyone, all that information mm-hmm. about sexual relationships, or you can share it with the world and help some people. So I decided to do that. And I think that's really important. If you're a person listening to this now, it's really scared to get started. Just know that you can help some people and it's better to share your information and experiences with the world to help some people than take that information. It goes to the grave and helps no one. It's really Absolutely, important. Absolutely. 100. Well, that's part of why we're all here is to help and support one another. So it is very important. Now, this is a great segue into speaking about your channel. So can you share a little bit about your chat show, your vlog? Blog. It's called Asexualize, My Asexual Life. What it's all about, what was the inspiration behind creating it, and how long have you been doing this? So I discovered I'm asexual in 2014, but I started my mm-hmm. channel in October 2015, where Asexuality Awareness Week was a week I officially launched. Okay. And I decided to do that because one, is kind of felt like a spiritual thing to me, like I was born to help asexuals, like I knew this innately <laughs> in my being. I've always been this way, but didn't realize it. So it came very natural. Something that led me to write my asexual perspectives book later on was the fact that in the asexual community, even I was told I couldn't identify as I was. So I identify as a heteromantic asexual, but a gray A, but I'm not actually a textbook gray A. So I have gray areas 
is the way I like to kiss and the way I dance is sexual behavior but I have zero sexual attraction right. I have a high arousal levels which I mistook for sexual attraction for years, but I have zero sexual attraction so I can kiss a guy for hours and I'm not interested in sex with him and so I felt that being like for example asexuality.org when I was told that it's like, well there must be other people like me that feel left out of the community because they don't fit into a neat little asexual box so that's one of the reasons why I specifically wrote my book but also I started my channel because I think that I'm a born leader because I worked in retail for years and that I can lead other people and that I understand it on a fundamental level it just comes naturally to me so I believe that you can step up to plate and help people because of your personality and the way you are and so it's a mixture of different things like my own not fitting in quite exactly and also helping others it started off originally me just doing videos like 10 minute videos something like that okay. or 15, like pre-recorded videos but then okay. in 2018 the year after i published my asexual perspectives book i decided to do asexual perspectives awareness month in 2017 which is every july and okay. in 2018 to do something different i decided to go live and so then that's when i developed like for every day i did uh, in july i did a live stream and i'm thinking oh this is really good and I thought it took less time because you didn't have to edit it and do intro and outro you could just go straight into it and I thought okay it's raw it's real it's authentic like my personality and I found that people were very receptive to live streaming and uh, I was gaining channel viewers I was gaining more traction and I felt okay everyone else is doing like these 10 minute videos which may gain a lot of views but if you really love doing live streaming you're creating more content because I was only creating like one video a week if that before whereas doing live streaming i can just switch it on and do it whenever i want and that was a deeper connection with my audience it was allowing for more watch time people were getting into that content a lot more it provided a unique opportunity for people to come and ask me anything like in real time which other channels didn't provide really right, you had that interaction with your audience Shorts are the things nowadays. So I combine shorts a lot with my live streams. If I'm not live streaming, I try to do a lot of shorts videos Yeah, to keep growing my channel. Keep the content uh, going, keep your members engaged, all of that stuff. Yeah, so um, I started off education information mostly and mm-hmm. now I'm education information entertainment and lifestyle so I do all of those things but I think it's good because the point with my channel as well is to show asexuality in real life context yeah. not just give textbook definitions of it because loads right. of other people they get something off the internet and oh this is a definition of such and such a type of asexual yeah and this is what the characteristics are, which people love those videos, don't get me wrong, but it's like, how does asexuality affect you in real life context? Can you show me that? So my point is that I show people how to get over struggles daily, whereas other people are more just giving education as in anyone can get out of a textbook a lot of the time. I yeah, yeah. They expand on it, but they're not really showing how to get through the struggles every day, which I think is a unique selling point and what For I want sure. to help people with. I think that's beautiful. And so Sandra, what lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? So my mission is to get asexuality recognized as a sexual orientation mm-hmm. in its own right throughout the globe. So no asexual okay. has to live in fear of really cool ever again. Now, yeah. asexuality is part of the LGBTQIA. It's the A stands <laughs> for asexual and some other okay. things as well. But my personal mission, which I think I've been given by God and the universe, because I'm very mm-hmm. spiritual, is to get it recognized in its own right. So it doesn't take us out of the acronym because we'll always be part of it. But I believe my experience of being with heterosexual guys for years of my life and all those relationships I had in the past and the difficulties and challenges with that and 
the fact I didn't know I'm asexual and the fact I've got nuances with my asexuality. I believe that I was born to help asexuals and that I want to help get awareness about the people that are asexual that don't want sex. It's very important to help prevent sexual abuse situations, to help prevent rape situations and suicides. I've had Mm. people that have been suicidal that have read my asexual perspectives book and then since know they're okay. So it saved That's people powerful. dying. I'm getting goosebumps now as I'm saying this to myself. <laughs> That's priceless. You can't put a price on that to save no. someone's life. So that's why I do what I do, because I want to save lives and people to know it's okay to be different. And I that love, love doesn't equate to sex. You can still yeah. love without sex. I think that's yeah. really important. For sure. Now, on the flip side of that, Sandra, what is one of the most difficult parts of the work you do? My difficult part, actually, is managing my disabilities with doing all the work I do. Um, I still have to be aware of that. And at the moment, getting time to myself and doing fun things. So uh, it isn't like when you come into asexuality, it's mostly stuff that you do a lot of free stuff because Mm -hmm. it's a community it's not like it's a traditional business or anything like that. So a lot of the things you do end up being free. And it's business, like if you like to consume, or in my case, personal brand to consumer. So they buy like low price stuff like books and merchandise. But I don't help asexuals for money. I help asexuals because it's truly what I was born to do, I believe. Well, it's your purpose. Yeah. yeah, it's my purpose. And also writing, which I haven't come on to, is my ultimate life purpose. Followed very closely by asexuality. They're very close, but actually writing, I can't live without. This is another great segue because I want you to talk a little (laughs) bit about your journey as a writer and becoming an author. Was becoming an author something that was on your bucket list items to accomplish in your life? And also, was writing always part of who you are? Or was this is this something fairly new that you've kind of stepped into now? in your life this part of your life so i've always been good at writing according to mm-hmm. parents even at primary school i was told that my stories some of the best they're amazing i always write good stories was the feedback i got from my mum about the teachers and what they said to me when i was at school this is like primary school so i got i did english at school and also at college i always got the best marks for the literature side the content so language was a close second but it's like on gcse's i got c for english language But what usually, like even at college, the thing that held me back was when I was criticising other people's work, doing critiques. So my marks for my own work at A-level standard was all like A's, but it's because Mm -hmm. I had to do an exam piece that required me analysing prose and stuff that I got lower than that. I've always been good at writing my own stuff, my own stories. When I was at secondary school, there was a book called Of Mice and Men, which is very popular and well yep. known. And we had to do a chapter. One of the things that the assignments that we got given at school, we could choose a couple, but one of them was to write another chapter as if you were the characters in that chapter. And I wrote the next chapter as in what it would be if I wrote the next saga, if you know what I mean, the next story. Yeah. And they said, I think I got an A plus for that. They said it's absolutely amazing and incredible. A parents' evening, I actually got told that I've got a very good command of the English language in terms of punctuation. This guy, Mr. Knowles, I even remember his name, and he was like, Sandra is just incredible. She's got this paragraph and she's punctuated it exactly correctly with all the commas in the right place of where you take little pauses. And I've never known that age of child to do that before. In school, I was also told to go to drama, but I was really shy back then. I wasn't mm. the type of personality I am now. I was so shy. <laughs> And at 15, the teacher, Sandra, really gets into the characters because we have to do this shipwreck thing where we have to get into characters of people who've been 
in a shipwreck and survivors. And I was one of the survivors. And she said, that was amazing. So I'm good at getting to the heads of characters. In 2009, I was made redundant. And that's when I actually discovered, that's my second time of redundancy. I discovered that my iPo is actually born to write. So that's when I decided to use my knowledge to start writing my first book. But it took me two and a half years to write. But it wasn't until I, I didn't start writing that till later, which is Break Through the Barriers of Renuncy to Get Back into Work and Ace to Z How to Guide. That was my first book that took me two and a half years to write. But it was yeah. only like years later that I recognised to do that. But I've done like a picture book workshop in London. I've done some things to do with poetry. I used to be part of writers clubs and stuff like that. And I did a writing for children's course in 2008. Okay. I started doing it online. Well, mm-hmm. it's a long distance one, actually. And then 2009 was when I actually got my first article published and paid. But it wasn't children's. It was actually nonfiction. And I also got a star letter published. And that was when I could say I'm a professional author, a professional writer at that point, sorry, rather than author, professional writer, because I'd been paid. And they taught us in this children's course. This was the only bit of knowledge I really needed from the whole course. I haven't even (laughs) finished it yet. It's still ongoing, technically, because you don't finish it until you finish it. It's like long. And the bit of information was as soon as you get paid work, as soon as you're paid for that writing, you are a professional writer. So that just boosted my confidence and I like writing children's books for three to five-year-olds I've written two and a bit but I've never had them published that was always told because they're in rhyme it's really hard to get the foreign rights written rhyme translated so I did start writing a fiction book years ago but that didn't suit me because I had the characters talk to me they led me which is amazing because I thought that was just I heard this from other writers that oh the characters tell you what they're gonna do and I'm like, that's insane. And then I'm writing this book and all of a sudden the characters are saying, well, this is what I do for a living. And that's what <laughs> I'm doing next. I'm like, okay, okay, just carry on. But it was all about like trauma and turmoil and abuse and stuff like that. And it just triggered me personally. And I, because I can get into the characters' minds, like that's why I gave you the backstory of how yeah. I can get to the characters' minds. I'm like a method writer and a method actress, if you like. Yeah. And actually, I've done some acting work as well, paid acting work. So, yeah, because I get into the mines, I decided that I could no longer do it because it was making me so upset. I was crying. I was like feeling the main character. I was like being in her mind and I just had to leave it. So I've left the main character in emotional turmoil. I still remember what happens, the gist of the story. Yeah. Kind of where I was going with it. But I'm like, you can't be doing fiction, Sandra. It's making you more depressed and stuff like this. It's not healthy for you. And at that point, I did suffer with depression quite a lot, even though I was working in, in a job. Well, I was maybe redundant in 2009 before. Yeah. The beginning of 2009. Can, can you share a little bit? So you said you've written a couple of children's books, not published. And you mentioned the first book you wrote. How many books have you written? So I've got five non-fiction books. The first one is Break Through the Barriers of Redundancy to Get Back into Work, which I've already explained. And I yeah. how to guide. It me two and a half years to write. So I wrote one, which was how to put a free SSL on your WordPress website. I wrote a Twitter book. Uh, that was for absolute beginners. I wrote how yeah. to get started and get growing with Twitter. So for absolute beginners. So it's yeah. how to get started with Twitter. <laughs> get yeah. going and get growing. That's a mouthful. Yeah perhaps we beginners but i learned during that time you should do evergreen books not books like that not the ssl book and the twitter book because things change so quickly that unless yeah. you're prepared to update them all the time it's not good so yeah. i kind of left that idea and then my first book for asexuals i wrote it took me a year to write and publish in 2017 i published this book i've got it I don't know if your viewers will be able to see any of this yeah. a- asexual perspectives 47 yeah. asexual stories love life and sex a celebration of asexual diversity so 
it's 47 asexual stories because it's my own plus another 46. Wow. So, yeah, it's about love, life and sex, a celebration of asexual diversity because I wanted to show how diverse the asexual spectrum is. And I got asked questions all the time about asexuality. Can you be asexual if you watch porn? Can you be asexual if you masturbate? Can an asexual and sexual relationship work out? And what the positives about being asexual? Is there anything? And I put all the answers in this book. So I interviewed people and the people told me their personal story during their interview answers about everything that I got asked about yeah. asexuality. So people are saying, what's the difference between sexual attraction, arousal, sexual desire? People answer it. So I gave okay. my point of view, but their own point of view is in this right. So people so we'll, can see it. Across mm-hmm. So we'll put the links to your books in the show notes when yeah. we release your episode. And this one I should tell you about. 2019 yep. was the last book I actually published. This okay. is called Fibromyalgia Self-Help Handbook. Okay. How to manage fibromyalgia to have less pain, more energy, and feel happier like a superhero rock star. <laughs> and I'm on the back cover in my Ace Fibro outfit. So that's something else I'm known as, Ace Fibro Girl. So Thank this you for sharing. teaches all people how to Love reduce it. pain in 25 aspects of their life, even if awesome. you don't have fibro. So yeah. Well, we'll put the links to the books in the show notes for sure. And I've got two other books I'm working on for asexuals. Do you Excellent. want me to share them? quickly sure yeah okay so yep, one really quick asexual guide to sex which is very controversial but i've got experience mm-hmm. that. i've been working on that for over four and a half years so i should be finally getting that out today not mm-hmm. today i think today. <laughs> soon i soon. wish i could get out today no soon after my holiday actually in at the end of this month so it'll be a couple more months but i wish i could get out today and also i got an intuitive thing that i had to write diary confessions of a hyper romantic asexual because i had a difficult time back in september but it's called Die Confessions of a Hyperromantic Asexual, 78 Life Lessons to Asexual Life. So okay. I finished the book before Christmas, so it took me just over three months to write it, but I'm still doing the final corrections, and that's going to be coming out before the Asexual Guide to Sex book now. Beautiful. Yeah, and that's been my real authentic self shown behind the scenes of the behind the scenes of my <laughs> asexual channel, basically. So it's an extension of that. Okay. So yeah, but it's really good with all the life lessons, personal development, self-development life lessons I learned during that time. So Beautiful. I'm using my hyperromanticism to my advantage, if you know what I mean, by others. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Sandra? I'm very determined to succeed no matter what. Yes, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't give a shit what other people think. <laughs> I really don't. I really can't go with Tom. I also believe in taking action. So my philosophy on my Make Money, Make Cash channel is putting the law of action back in attraction. Because Ah. so many people, they're like sitting there going, I want this to happen. I'm going to manifest. I'm like, manifestation is all about taking bold, courageous action. Because when you take it, it's like the wheels of a car going in motion. They get more and more traction. And then things attract around those wheels to drive it forward even more. So the more productive you are, the more you actually become more productive and do more things and achieve more in your life. Now, speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Happiness. So it's do what you love every single day of your life as much as possible over and over again. It's not That's to, magic. Yeah, it's not to do with money. It's to do with being happy. People can have be millionaires and still be miserable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They could have shit tons of money and still be miserable. It's about doing what... I think makes your heart sing, what makes your soul sing, what sets your soul on fire, what lights you up. That's what success is. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my soul is writing. I had to say that because I didn't mention that before. Like literally 
I have to write. If I don't write, my soul starts dying inside me. And that actually was a problem for me at the end of last year. I ended up taking on too much other stuff that I didn't think would take that long. And then literally my soul was depleted. I lost my It wasn't feeding your soul. Yeah. So I'm changing my life around this year to be more organized around writing and book publishing. What does the word empowerment mean to you? It means to power yourself and power others up. So it means basically to, in terms of yourself, it means to self-talk in a good way. So Mm -hmm. use good self-talk to coach yourself, to tell yourself things that you can do things, even when things seem really difficult, Mm -hmm. to be able to look for evidence personally yourself of when you've achieved something before, to know you can do it again, to be able to then inspire others so you show other people what can be achieved by being your true authentic self so others can be inspired to do the same so it's like inspiration in action leading by example in action empowering people up to say look this was my life before i was a suicidal depressed mess shy lonely introverted i really was in a terrible state of my mind but look what i've achieved now by changing my mindset around and you can do the same you don't have to live by society's rules you can live by your rules that's what it's about right that's about that's part of what ties into the success feeling of happiness and joy living your authentic life living who you were meant to be and stepping into that power, it's huge. And it's so powerful and beautiful when we can do that because there's so many people out there who don't live their authentic lives. And I think that's horribly sad. It's really sad. I, it's it hard is. because I'm someone who's empathetic and I see so many people. The guy who I thought might be my soulmate who came along, his mindset is in a really bad state. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, even though we care about people, we can't cha- make the change for them unless they No, that's the key, right? Is being able to... I mean, you can lead, as the saying goes, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And unfortunately, it's sad it's really that we sad. can't. Especially but... when you see so much potential in people. You're yes. like, you switched your mindset. Instead of looking at negative, dark, disempowering stuff, put all that yep. time, energy, and effort into learning how to be inspirational, how to love, how to be yeah. open, how to be honest, how to be authentic, how to radiate your light, stop watching the news. That's a really bad thing. Stop watching Absolutely. the news. Absolutely. Not watching things with rape, death, murder, destruction in them. Start watching <laughs> things with love, light, happiness, good times. There you go. Living on your yeah. own terms, doing what you want, being you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Sandra, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions should be one, two, three word answer type thing, okay? <laughs> this might be a bit difficult for me. Oh, you can do it. I believe in you. I know Yay! you can do it. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Quirky. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? That you don't have to have sex to be loved. That's, I love that. That is a beautiful lesson to teach the world. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? To find my Indian soulmate from a previous <laughs> life because I believe in reincarnation. What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? My hyper beautiful personality. What is your favorite self-care practice? Going on a self-date to the cinema and a meal out. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? To fulfill my mission of getting asexuality recognized as a sexual orientation in its own right throughout the globe so that no asexual has to live in fear of ridicule ever again and to leave a lasting legacy of books, I have to say. So that's kind of two things, but they go together. (laughs) That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. 
What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? There are no failures in life, just lessons we learn from. So you can never fail, which can allow you to take bold, courageous action over and over again. fucking love that. That is so (laughs) powerful. It is. There are no failures. They are lessons. That's it. And that needs to be driven home for people. Failure is how we learn and how we grow. It changed my life. I actually saw someone years ago post that on LinkedIn, but I've kind of adopted it myself now. And I just talk about it a lot because that's why I didn't make a lot of progress in my life. And plus I had to empower myself to make my own decisions. Yeah, so for sure. some, something I should really mention with your audience that might help you is or help your audience is I was brought up to kind of believe that any decision I made was a wrong decision. And so that stopped me as an adult making a lot of decisions. And so I've had to empower myself by training myself to make decisions, more decisions, more often, more quickly. And I have to do it believing in myself in order to overcome that, because I only came to this realization about three years ago now. that that I was having a problem making decisions and it was really hampering my progress. So I had to take bold, courageous action in order to overcome that by doing the thing that I was fearful about and just doing bigger and bigger stuff, which completely changed my life because last year I joined Blue Talks, which they're not cheap packages. Mm. Good for you for stepping into that. I think that's beautiful. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Sandra, what is your why? My why obviously is, well, it's my mission to help asexuals mm. and to get asexual recognized as sexual orientation in its own right throughout the globe. That's a big <laughs> why. It's also to save lives and to change lives. To, I want people to know that it's okay to be different and it's okay to be them. Because I remember when I was, I mean, this is really sad, but I used to talk to a bar on the wall at primary school. This is going back to deep, dark childhood stuff, if you know what I mean. I had no friends at one point in school, although I knew a girl in school. We didn't talk in school. We only talked out of school. So uh, the one friend I had in school, we kind of split up friends. And that was kind of a really difficult time in my life. And so I always remember the dark and difficult times as a place for thinking, I don't want other people to be in, in that situation. So I strive to... I don't know, to help other people to know that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be authentic. It's okay to be quirky. It's okay to be nuanced and that you don't have to give up on life. You can just choose not to follow the crowd. You can choose to understand that people are conditioned from birth. And even in terms of sexuality, you're conditioned from birth to believe that every person should be having sex. That it's a natural thing but that's not true for everyone and it's the things asexuals and entrepreneurs have in common for example is that we end up understanding that everything's conditioning usually that you're conditioned from birth to do a nine-to-five job to go along just earning money from other people to live other Mm -hmm. people's lives to get on other people's dreams to get on other people's payroll to make their money Whereas once you really realize the reality of the situation, it's like you've been conditioned for everything. You've been conditioned to be heterosexual. You've been con- to think you're heterosexual and sold a lie in my case, because I'm not yeah. being conditioned from birth to believe that everyone's like having sex and that's what you have to do in a relationship. It's all conditioning. And when you finally wake up to that, you're like, my God, what have I been doing? I've been in a trance all these years. So yeah. I feel like it's up to me to try and help people wake up to alternative ways of being to alternative ways of living and thinking and know that it's okay to be who they are. And I don't want to see people sad and depressed and suicidal because there's no need to be because you're loved for who you are. And if other people don't love you for who you are, that's because you're around the wrong people. And it can be family, friends. 
It can yeah. be big for sure it can be teachers they don't see the beauty in you and there's nothing you can do to change that maybe they're toxic and yeah. just around the wrong people but when yep. you become an adult and become a sense of yourself you can decide to go your own separate way and start over again getting people that respect you and love you and care about you and start with yourself and going out to do personal professional development i'd highly recommend that because once yeah. you do that you start building your own confidence and self-esteem. And well, it all starts here with us anyways. We have to start mm -hmm. here at home. We are the foundation. Self is the foundation for all of that, all that there is in life. So if you start here and then you start surrounding yourself with the right people who are of like mind, it just, it ripples out and it will help you in your growth, everything. It will help shift your life 100%. So thank you for sharing that. If you had the opportunity, Sandra, to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? I was thinking about this and because I knew this question was going to come up because you told me beforehand. And I think it's very interesting what I'm going to say because I don't think it's not what people would think I'm meant to mm. I'm meant to say, well, I'll have an hour with a business leader, get to know all their tips and tricks on how to make money and yeah. how to be a millionaire. And I'll do that. But that's not actually what came to mind, first of all. And that's not what actually truly my personal being wants. So I would have an, a, our conversation with Kylie Minogue. <laughs> and the reason for this is she was my favorite artist growing up. Kylie and Jason were my favorite. I used to have okay. posters all over the wall. And when I was dealing with dark and difficult times, their music kept me going. And so I've always liked her since childhood. And I think she's a very kind, caring person. She comes across as that, very warm and welcoming. Mm -hmm. She looks great for her age as well. And her music still stands the test of time. It's been really popular again, like a whole revival in the last yeah. year. And so I would like to sit down with her and ask her about her career and what made her happy and what inspires her to keep going. So similar questions to what you've asked me, really. Then yeah. take those questions and answers with her permission and put them in a book. And it could be like Kylie's 12 life lessons from Kylie or something <laughs> like this, or however many life lessons it was, and do chapters about what she told me and then sell the book. So Beautiful. not only am I having a great conversation with Kylie, who's one of my idols from being a kid, who got me from dark and difficult times and who I'm really interested in and passionate about because I can't do something I'm not passionate about. I then would have a book, which I guess a lot of people want to know the insights from Kylie because she's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And then I could do it twofold. So yeah. If you could go back, Sandra, and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? This is a really difficult one because I've got personal and professional mm. one. Personal one is to love yourself no matter what. And even the nearest and dearest people to you might not necessarily be good for you. Mm. So you've got to love yourself no matter what. And it's okay to be you. Yeah. And then professionally, I would say get started in the book publishing business sooner. Get started on publishing books on Amazon sooner and yeah. get to understand the ins and outs of Amazon book publishing business sooner. I think okay. because if you got more books out earlier, I think it would help. But I wouldn't have had as much experience, but I right. think it would have been good for me. So yeah, those are my bits of advice. Lastly, Sandra, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your people, your corner of the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? It's okay to be your true, authentic self. It's okay to be who you are. I want you to stand in your personal power and know that even during the darkest, difficult times, you can overcome them. You can be your true, authentic self. And that I love you dearly. And I wish you to have every single dream come true. I'm rooting for you. I'm fighting for you. I want you to live. And I truly adore you. I want you to know it's okay to be who you are. And it's okay 
have love without sex as well. Sandra, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to sit down and speak with you. And thank you for educating me on asexuality. I learned a lot today. It's been an absolutely incredible interview and I appreciate you and I'm grateful to be connected to you, to call you a friend and to have you as part of the Empowerography community. Thank you for shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world through the work you do. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. Thank you for the in-depth discussion as well. It's been really good and insightful for everyone, I think, including myself. Yeah, (laughs) beautiful. My pleasure and my honor. Sandra, could you share with the audience where they can connect with you if they want to learn more about who you are and what you do? I'll put it in the show notes as well, but if you could just share with them where they can connect with you. Yeah, Asexualize, my asexual life is my YouTube channel. So you're welcome to subscribe even if you're not asexual. Just be respectful. That's all I ask because obviously we're different sexualities. I also have Asexualize with a S, asexualize.com. I also own the Z version as well because asexualize can be spelt with an S or a Z. But asexualize.com with an S is my main website and that's got a chat bubble on there. It's got a blog with information and articles about asexuality on there asexualize at gmail.com is also my email address or if that's hard for you to remember sandra bellamy group at gmail.com they can also find me on facebook at asexualize spell asexualize because unfortunately facebook don't recognize a http address with asexual in it because they won't allow it so okay. I have to asexualize in there. Okay. And I'm also on Twitter on a- a- asexualize and Instagram asexualize official. So because I think someone tried to try to take my name a long time ago on Instagram before I went on there. So it's asexualize official on Beautiful. Instagram. Thank you very much for sharing, Sandra. And again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. It's been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Sandra Bellamy. She is an asexual entrepreneur, a fully certified advisor, author, speaker, trainer, coach, and a chat show and vlog host of Asexualize My Asexual Life. Thank you so much, Sandra. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.